Welcome to Cellmates, the podcast where we analyze, digitize, transmentalize, compartmentalize, and generally Venn diagram, compare, and contrast to animated movies that are usually Disney. But not always. Usually musicals. Not always. And usually good. Not always. Today, I think, sort of a mixed bag. We've yeah. got, well, we've got two Disney's. We do have two Disney's. We've got two musicals. Two musicals. And we've got two... And two podcast hosts. Podcast hosts. That's correct. Uh, uh, two podcast hosts who currently have five out of five of their brand new plants alive. That lavender is going fast. It is going down. Uh, so we'll have four out of five. That's still a passing grade. That's a B minus. Uh, podcast host Dick Ward. Yes, podcast host Kate Phillips. I've got a question for you. Oh my god! Are you ready? Um, bum, 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 I guess. Bum, I guess. Bum, 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 bum. I guess I'm ready. Yeah. To listen with your heart. No. You will understand. What are you drinking, Dick? I'm drinking a raspberry lager from a beta. <laughs> You wouldn't call it, call it a raspberry beret? I would not call it a raspberry beret. It <laughs> One makes letter no off from sense. Beers. Uh, no, I'm drinking a raspberry lager from a beta mm-hmm. because we watched two movies about bees. Uh, no. Uh, the bee movie. That could be coming the up. the bee movie too. Winnie the, the Pooh. The bee's revenge. Uh, no, it's, a, it's a, a raspberry lager called Purple Haze. It is called Purple Haze. Go um, through my mind. Dick, would you say that purple... Is a color you see in nature. Yes. Would you call it a color of grapes? Yes. Would you call it a color of violets, like flowers? Well, I guess that'd be violet. Would you call it a color of the wind? That might be like an indi- Oh, I see what you're doing here. Mind So blown. like if you mix the blue corn moon and the red... Uh, war paint of the savages, savages. Barbaros. Barbaros. Uh, um, yeah, so uh, yeah, I would say it is yeah. a color of the wind. Would you also say there's a character that looks exactly like the villain Dr. Facilier on that beer bottle of Purple Haze? Yes, I hey. would, now that you mention it. <laughs> so yeah, Purple Haze uh, from Abita uh, is a raspberry lager. Mm-hmm. It's it's fine. it's fine. I actually, I, I, I like it. It's low on my list, but I like it. Um, That's an interesting thing to say. Thank you. About this beer and perhaps these movies. Maybe. Yeah. I think this beer has grown on me. Yeah. It's better than the first time I had it. Yeah. The first time I had it, I was like, <laughs> uh, I don't need raspberry in my beer. And this just isn't very good. And. Everyone involved in making it was crazy, and they probably didn't consult the right people who actually grow raspberries and know about raspberries. Yeah. Or like, you know, people who make beer. Uh, But I've had more of it, uh, and I'll tell you what, I'm enjoying it more. It's still not my favorite. It's not my number one. It's not in my top ten, but I'm not going to throw it out. Movie number one, Pocahontas. (laughs) Movie number two. 
The Princess and the Frog. The Princess and the Frog. And the Frog. The They're, Princess and the Frog. Or it's not the Princess Frog. It never has been, no matter how many times anyone searches the for Frog that. Princess. The Frog Princess. No. So the I Princess mean, and the Frog. It has that in it. The yes. Pr- the Princess. The and Princess the frog? and the Frog. Okay. So. Although you can't. Yeah, it's switched around. Should really be like the Frog, then the Princess. Well, it, there is a princess. There's multiple princesses. And multiple frogs. It should be the princesses and One the frogs. One Pocahontas. It should be the princesses and the frogs and an alligator and some lightning bugs and the moon and Dr. Facilier. And some cards. That should be the title of this uh, movie. Well, Pocahontas. Yes. Uh, one of her, although... You might say there's two because there's one in the movie. So and then it should the one just be Pocahont. Who lived in real life. That's it. Pocahontas. Pocahontas. If you're going to really make the joke. <laughs> and I am. There's no word that pluralizes with A-S. I don't know. Maybe in the Powhatan language. Oh, I was hearing E-S. So mm. that's. Well, that means you don't know how to spell Pocahontas. That's true, actually. I don't know where the O's and the A's go. So. We have a couple reasons why we're putting these this pairing together. Um, in part because um, it is interesting to put the you know as we've described this beer, they are movies that uh, kind of hold some B tier status in the Disney canon, mm-hmm. uh, but they were projected to be A tier like. L- I don't know, Lion King level, but these, these, they wanted everything to be Lion King level. But they got yeah, greedy. but it, it, especially with Pocahontas, mm-hmm. they didn't want it to be Lion King level because they didn't know what Lion King level right. was yet. Uh, so the both these movies very ambitious in terms of yeah. this is going to be you know the the animators and the producers are like this is this Disney's is cash cow for the next couple of years. Or, yeah, um, We're and they rolling out the merch. They uh, didn't turn out that way. Not so much. Uh, but they're not hated. No. Uh, well, I mean, story-wise. Uh, they're not necessarily hated by most as, like, people. As movies. Yeah. As representations. Mm-hmm. Uh, more of a mixed bag, and that's the other reason we've kind of paired them. They are, uh, you know, and we say this as two white podcasters. They are both two movies by, uh, two white males. Mm-hmm. We've got one that's not a male in our podcasting team. Hey. I uh, about definitely not white males. <laughs> um, about two princesses in air quotes um, of color, two female leads of color. Yeah. So, uh, so there are some things to discuss there. And I, I, and it's it's uh, it's something we hearken back to uh, from time to time, and it's something even in one of our earliest was it our first podcast about Little Mermaid Moana, mm. where it was just like, cool. How do you think? old white men did it making a realistic teenager like it's you know when you're writing for a character that you have no real personal experience with it's it's interesting mm-hmm. no yeah so uh let's let's dive in Ooh. pocahontas Ooh. was released in 1995 that's true uh dick when uh what's your experience with this movie yeah, so uh, I watched this. I I like. I think this was like a Game Boy movie for me. Like, I watched. Say more. Like I watched it on your Game Boy. No, while playing Game Boy. 
Oh, in a movie theater? No, not in a movie theater. Oh, okay. I did not. Sorry, I did not see this in the theater. Oh, okay. Uh, I saw this after uh, release. I was kind of like not super interested in it. I I had like just outgrown Disney. Mm. I get you know when you're a kid, you get to that point, and then you're just like, no. I I think I, had, I believe like, it happens just to some people. outgrown Disney um, for a couple of years um, before I re ingrown it i guess um yeah so i think i watched this at home while playing game boy or while doing something else while my sister was like yay um having a little sister means i see the disney movies or i saw the disney movies i didn't want to (laughs) um and a whole bunch of other stuff um so yeah that's that's my base experience also um uh my my father has uh political beliefs um that do not necessarily uh play well with a sort of environmental pro native american mm-hmm. movie which i don't know if this really was but kind of uh so i remember him being like Mah. he was unhappy about the heron and the otter being friends i with humans i remember him hating grandmother willow that's all I know. That's an interesting. She's actually quite fun. Yeah, I have, I have very, I have very spotty memory of my childhood. Uh-huh. So I also may just be like, this may be something I made up as a kid. <laughs> but this is this is in my memory. So yeah. Right, what about you, Kate? What was your? Oh man. <laughs> so Bogart. <laughs> all uh-huh. right. Disney kid here. We gave a lot of money to the Disney Corporation in the 90s. Lion King we were both obsessed with for reasons having to do with the quality of the movie and the fact that it was just merchandised and uh, promoted like crazy uh, to our age set. So this is this is the second, I guess, if Lion King comes out in the summer, this is the second annual summer Disney movie, mm. which became a tradition you know, at this point, um, the rest of the movies in the Renaissance all came out in the summer. So it was like the event, the Disney event of the year. And so I remember, I, I remember this very vividly because I was eight the summer it came out. Oh, you were, you were the age. I was the age. I was pumped. I loved The Lion King. So I got, you know, as much as an eight-year-old, uh, just suburban girl can know about Pocahontas. I knew about it going in. Yeah. You know, the preview is on the Lion King VHS and I watched all the behind the scenes stuff and I had the soundtrack memorized going in. So I was very delighted with Pocahontas. Yeah. Uh, No one else in my family really cared for it, (laughs) but I will, I will also bring this up in the other movies podcast, but I was adamant for a straight year that Pocahontas was a far superior movie than The Lion King. <laughs> I was all in. I agree. What are you, Disney? I was all in wow. on Pocahontas. I think it had to do with the fact that it had like two really great female musical theater songs. That's fair. Which you've not really seen since Part of Your World. And you don't really have in The Lion King. No. Or Beauty and the Beast. Belle doesn't get a full song. Yeah, but you get a great female musical theater song. It just happens to be for an older woman. Yeah, well, and they don't write very many parts for older women. It's not for the Kate. ingenue. No, it's not for the ingenue. So, yeah, the music I loved. We had all of the merchandise. 
I like wrote one of those young authors books about a, like a, a, another fictionalized story about Pocahontas. Great. <laughs> um, yeah, I I was all in, and then a few years later, watching it again. Oh, oh no, the Ooh. Lion King is much better than this. Yeah. Um. Still like the musical numbers. I, I have seen uh, uh, Kate, Kate and I uh, have on occasion uh, had a had a few uh, drinks and watched uh, home videos that Kate's family has digitized. Oh man, uh, I so know. Fun. I know. I saw at least one Christmas where you and your brother were opening up like Pocahontas towels and sheets when we probably both had pocahontas like pjs on right like i think so he was he seemed less excited about pocahontas than he did um almost everyone was yeah that's true of the world yes yeah this Uh, is what i'm saying and i feel like you and i have even like argued about the the merit of pocahontas yes and you've, you've, I've argued with myself about the merit of Pocahontas. You have defended it, and I think, especially after seeing it in Spanish, you defended it like really hard. Yeah, Am I correct on that, or is that Tarzan? I think Tarzan and Aladdin. Tarzan both and Aladdin came across really great in Spanish. Um, oh po- no, you hated the lyrics in Spanish. Yes, the po- oh the Pocahontas lyrics are not. It, Colors of the wind is done well. Everything else is pure garbage. Nothing is as good as the Spanish version of Under the Sea. We have clams, or we have, we have castanets. castanets. They are clams. They are clams. Under the sea. Um, so would you say that you uh, have a pretty good uh, grasp on the plot of Pocahontas? I do. I can most definitely cookie timer this, if that's what you're asking me. I am not asking you that. Okay. You're no, kidding. just kidding. I'm asking you that. You're telling Kate, me. Kate, put two minutes on the cookie timer and give us uh, your best summary of the plot of the 1995 Disney film, Poke and Hauntus. In 1607, <laughs> they sailed the ocean blue. Uh, so these, these English people come to the Americas, to the New World, and they uh, want gold. They want lots of gold. So they're going to mine everything, and they're going to take all the trees. Uh, John Smith... One of the uh, guys on this trip is more about the adventure. He doesn't, he's not in it for the wealth. He's in it for the adventure. Anyway, cut to uh, the Powhatan tribe uh, making just their daily lives off of the land. And they talk about how their lives are steady as the beating drum. They live off the land. They respect each other and all the earth. Um, And in this Powhatan tribe, the daughter of the chief, her name is Pocahontas. She's a little bit different from the rest. She's Uh, like a little trouble, a uh, little mischief. Different and a funny girl, that Pocahontas. (laughs) Uh, She does things like jumps off waterfalls and canoes by herself. And uh, she's got a raccoon friend, Miko, and a hummingbird friend, Flit, and a human friend, uh, Nakomi. Anyway, uh, she wants adventure also. Uh, she's she's got she's had these weird dreams about a spinning arrow and her uh, grandmother Willow, who is an actual tree, um, advises her to listen to her heart. She encounters John Smith in the woods. They can't speak to each other because English and Powhatan, but she listens to her heart and then they can speak to each other. She starts teaching John Smith all the things about the world and saying, you know, 
Uh, you can own the earth and still all your own is earth until you can paint with all the colors of the wind. John Smith likes, is like, cool. But the rest of his friends are like, nope, gold. And these uh, savages, these Powhatan tribe, they're only out to kill us. Um, when really it's the reverse. Uh, the Powhatans discover this pretty quickly. And then they go to war with the white people and there's a whole battle scene. But since Pocahontas and John Smith have fallen in love, Pocahontas runs at the last minute, saves John Smith, uh, oh, dang. doesn't are end done. up with him. Cookies are done, Kate. The end. <laughs> it's a good end. Doesn't end up with him. It's she stays end. and uh, uh, chiefs her tribe, I guess. Chiefesses her she's tribe. Like, she's like a Moana. Yeah. Um, would you... Uh, you said she's very interested in waterfalls. She is. Would you describe her as chasing them? Uh, no. But she doesn't necessarily stick to the rivers she's used to. So because she wants to know what's around the river bend. Hmm. It's a new concept. That's interesting. What year was that song released? I think that I think Pocahontas might predate Chasing Waterfalls. Yeah, I think it was inspired by Pocahontas. Oh, I'm pretty sure. All right. Um, I need to as, see that behind the music. As most music was uh, from 1995 to 1998. Uh, most of my music was. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Uh, yeah. The movie looks gorgeous yep. still. Like the color palette is just... I mean, I, I have some some issues with the character animation. Yeah. But it looks beautiful and it looks cohesive. I like so the character animation for this movie was rotoscoped, um, which means they uh, filmed it uh, like most of the character scenes they filmed with live actor models, like doing all of the lines and all of the motions and basically traced over it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so which makes it look more realistic but less lifelike if that makes sense I, I would even say less realistic it's less emotive it's, for sure it's weird um there's and, no none of that stretch and squish that is inherent in cartoon storytelling yeah it's it's it very much i feel like companies rotoscope when they want to make serious art yes and, and then it just ends up being rotoscoped yeah and being yeah yeah also like the character design is a little a little on the realistic side for most of the characters. Yeah. Uh, kind of like um, Anastasia, right? Like the, our, two lead, our two leads are like very real looking. Yeah. And then like the other characters are fun and interesting and squash and stretch. Yeah. But like any of our serious characters, they're like, well, they're not cartoons. I they're mean, okay. So who, who looks cartoon? Ratcliffe, the yeah. villain. Grandmother Willow mm-hmm. and the animals. Uh, Reckless of... friend. Oh yeah, he looks like they're they're yeah. A he cartoony, does look like a, dilly, a, a Disney henchman. Couple. Yeah, yeah, and then the the animals obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah. Everyone else is a little over real, mm-hmm. and it kind of it's it's just weird. It doesn't feel right. Yeah. There's just something wrong about it. Yeah. No. Uh, would you say that there's any? Uh, you know, non-realistic characters, designs in The Princess and the Frog. Wow. Or is everything very straightforward? Frogs look like frogs. Alligators look like alligators. Fireflies with faces look like fireflies with faces. Yeah. And a goatee. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah, totally real. Um, yeah, I, I don't think 
Princess and the Frog suffers from the same thing, except for maybe Tiana. But Tiana I think looks very. She's she's very Disney, and she's very she's very fluid. She's very fun. Yeah, in her she, movement. I mean, Tiana, I believe, is Mark Hen, um, supervising animator um, of Belle and Ariel and Jasmine, yeah. and you can see it in her face. I think they do a slightly better job of making her look like herself than like Jasmine, where it's a little bit just like they kind of stuck a different nose on Belle, like. Yeah. Or Ariel, more yeah. so in Jasmine's case. Um, so I think there is attention paid to like, what would, you know, what would a black person's face look like? <laughs> Maybe not Belle's. <laughs> um, but it's definitely in that same universe, I would say. Yeah, yeah. She's definitely a, a Disney princess. Yeah. Um, like if she traveled to France, she would meet Belle. I'd believe that. And I, I would say like, aside from the purposefully grotesque, um, most of the characters are really fun designs, mm-hmm. really fun animations. There's, it's almost. I think we mentioned this at certain points. It's almost an a slightly older Disney model of mm-hmm. cartoony, a little bit more like. I mean, one guy kind of looks like he's pulled out of the Aristocats, that uh, the prince's henchman kind oh, yeah, of guy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, like is the definitely the animals remind me of like sixties and seventies Disney. And there's a whole like Warner Brothers scene. Ugh. There's like literal there's there is a Warner Brothers character there is a Warner. in these movies. Or yeah, an archetype. Very, yeah. Um but well, what was your what was your uh, first experience with this movie? So I was very excited that this movie was happening. Um I didn't get to see it in the theaters. Mm. Uh but you know, growing up with the Renaissance, this is the first one since Tarzan. Uh, 10 years earlier. Uh, so I was, I, I was super excited and I remember it being on Netflix, I think, or maybe I rented the DVD, uh, and I fell asleep during it, my first viewing Ooh. and I never finished it. Uh, fast forward a couple years later, I think, I don't know that I had seen the whole thing through until I watched it in Spanish. Did I watch it in Spanish? No. I don't think you watched this in I Spanish. I think I watched it. I think I bought it so that I could watch it in Spanish. And then I watched it maybe with you. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was like two or three years ago. Yeah, we watched this together. Yeah. For sure. And we did not have a high opinion of it then. No. It was confusing. There were like some good scenes, but no. mostly it was confusing and confusing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then more true. recently, for I mean, we had rewatched for this podcast. And it actually, like, maybe it's because I knew all the plot points that I was confused about because I had looked it up. Um, but it, it, it made a much better impression on me this time. Hmm. Um, I saw this movie in theaters. Um, I was super excited about it um, because uh, Return to... 2D animation mm-hmm. is something that was very exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, and still am, uh, a little burnt out on 3D movies, uh, 3D animation, whatever. It's really neat. I would like to see some hand-drawn movies, please. Um, there's just something that's missing, even if it's like one every 10 years. There's mm-hmm. something that's missing from uh, a 2D animation uh, that's missing from 3D animation that mm-hmm. that's present in 2D. Um, 
so I was I was psyched for this. Uh, I saw it in theaters, and uh, I remember coming out of it being like, "That was pretty good." Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like oh, it's a solid seven or something, like an Abita, right? Uh, <laughs> sorry, like a Purple Haze specifically. Um, and then seeing it again with you, I was like, "Ooh, maybe this is not as good as that." Um, with during the rewatch a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. but then during the rewatch uh, this last weekend, I was like, "Okay, maybe <laughs> it's back up to a six or seven. Yeah, it got back up to your original. Yeah. All right, that's true. Yep. I was. This is this movie came out right when I started teaching, mm. um, and I don't feel like my kids. I mean, and I teach and at the time taught in the South Bronx, they either weren't really into it or they were and never talked about it. I feel like I knew what movies they were into and this one didn't come up, Aren't which is interesting to me. Uh, I believe you said that your students tend to be like a year or two behind on pop culture. They are. On the, just because they're yeah, 10? Yeah, they are. Um, I think there are other reasons why. Like I think my kids now probably know Tiana much more than the movie The Princess and the Frog. Mm, um, interesting. As like part of the Disney princess. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Collective. Anyway. Uh, okay, so you, Dick, you've yeah. seen this movie three times. I have. I've only seen it two times in a nap. Well, that gives me an, adva- uh, an advantage. Yeah, I think so. So the cookie timer uh, yeah. duties fall to you on this one. All right. Are you ready? Wait, you're doing the cookie timer duties. I am just doing the plot summary. Well, that's what I meant. Okay, I don't know how to use that kind of technology. I am not equipped for a cookie timer. Bum, 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 bum. Go. Okay, so uh, Tiana, uh, her dad died. He made great gumbo. He wanted to open a restaurant. So she's like, yo, I want to open a restaurant. Uh, like it kind of in honor of my dad and to complete his dream um tiana has this super rich friend who's kind of a miss piggy but kind of like a galinda she's like a mix between the two uh she's rich and goofy and her dad is john goodman that's cool uh tiana they learn about uh like the the frog prince story and then we move on there's a prince that comes to town he makes a deal with a voodoo man because uh, he thinks it's going to be good, but instead it turns him into a frog. So he goes to try and get a kiss from, uh, I guess, just a lady, uh, but probably specifically uh, 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 the woman he's supposed to meet, um, who's Tiana's friend. Uh, he tries to get a kiss from a lady. Uh, Tiana kisses him, and instead of turning him into a prince, it turns her into a frog. Oh. Then they go on adventures. Uh, they almost get eaten by some dogs. They almost get eaten by some alligators. They meet a friendly alligator who plays the saxophone, the trumpet. trumpet. You know what? He's an instrument. Uh, they meet a lightning bug who's attracted to the moon and gets two songs for some reason. Uh, and the voodoo man comes after him because he wants to kill him. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, the prince guy, his, his like buddy. Uh, who came with him is disguising himself as him so he can like get his riches and marry a lady. I don't know. Um, anyway, they team up 
like France and they beat the voodoo man kind of and then the frog gets a kiss at the end and becomes a real boy or they get married oh yeah this movie does okay cookies are done this movie does a thing where it's like hey magic but really it's just like wordplay there's a lot of things it's, going on in this movie yes but specifically i just want to get into the technicality of wordplay which comes in twice once at the end when the prince is like uh, uh has to go kiss a princess mm -hmm. to become a prince again and they're like well uh my friend's dad is the king of the mardi gras parade so my friend is a princess until midnight i didn't i mean that's less wordplay and more what is that what deus ex machina is I mean, like, it's just plot device just to but it's move just, things along. But it's just a technicality. She's not a real princess. Right. But She's no just, one in this movie is. And then. He's the only royalty in this movie. Right. So it's like this wordplay technicality. Yeah. And then at the end, they, uh, the two frogs get married and then they kiss and they're like, well, and then they turn into humans because it's like, well, as soon as we got married, you became a princess. And it's yeah. like. Yeah, this is just wordplay again. This isn't magic. I mean, it, it bums me out. I don't, I don't like. Know. I don't like the two twists on what a definition of a princess is in a row. Yeah, uh, to me, there's a lot more that the. Oh, I agree. A lot more gaping plot holes. Than I agree, that, but I, yeah. oh, that's I, and I don't think that's a plot hole. No. I think that's legitimate and dumb. Cool. Yeah, um, this movie is. Fine. So why it, um, I'm interested, and maybe, you know, asking you to recall back to 2009 is unfair. But I'm I'm interested in why this movie roller coastered for you. Like, what were you seeing in it each time that gave you the kind of rating that you got? Well, in 2009, it was. I think movies are always better in the theater. Mm. Uh, almost always. Um, and it was exciting to see. Uh, the 2D animation. Um, Facilier is great. Oh, he's so good. He's so good. Um, Jim Cummings is not annoying at first. Jim Cummings is not annoying. Mm. You know, okay. Mm. That was fair. He's, he's doing what he was paid to do. And it's annoying. And I don't think that's his fault. Um, hmm. Mm. He could have. He could have done a different voice. I think I. Th so there is there. Let's let's, I think let's jump I into think this. Jim Cummings has some freedom in the Disney. I think so too. I don't think Jim. So the reason you're kind of grimacing right now is because I do think at first in this movie. Why are you grimacing? You tell me. I think you think I'm grimacing for, for a reason a that I'm reason. not. Okay. Yes. I'm grimacing because the voice is annoying. Just annoying. It's very hard to listen Got to. It. And like, uh, maybe it's making fun of poor, uneducated people. I think it's making, I think it's a stereotype of poor, uneducated people. Yeah. But some, there is, there is some discussion of like, is Jim Cummings a white actor playing a black Southern stereotype? I don't think he is. No, I never, I never got that. I okay. thought he was like a white yeah. bayou yeah. guy. I agree. Um, but he's just, 
it's very difficult to listen to mm-hmm. uh, for long periods of time because he's just chewing all of his words. He is. And he's kind of making you do work because he'll say something in a way that I have to go like, okay, wait, what was he really saying? What? <laughs> oh, okay, that's what it was. Wait, now what line did I miss? Because I was busy yeah. thinking about that. I think for me, that's a lot of this movie, it's especially the first time of like, Wait, that doesn't make sense, but this, does that mean that this is, and then I miss something else, so I'm more lost? It's like the first time I watched The Room, I was really angry at it. I was like, why are you doing this? Like the Tommy Wiseau, The Room? Okay. Yeah. Not that these movies compare in quality, but um, the first time I watched The Room, I was just angry at it. I was I was not having fun. Well, this is rather poor filmmaking. <laughs> but it but yes. Um and the there's just stuff that comes out of nowhere and I was just like why? But then once you know it's going to happen, it's it's fun. Yeah. It's fun to watch the the mess. Mm-hmm. Um and this movie is not a mess. Uh it's not it's not great, but mm-hmm. I, I I don't think I would describe it as as a it's terrible mess. It's not a mess. mess. I but do it, think it has helped that we've watched a lot of movies for this podcast between first yeah. and second viewing of this together. <laughs> yeah, we've watched some Shark Tales and a some Shark Tales. A lot of movies. Yeah, and, and I think this movie, uh, it's it's serviceable. I mean, it's a movie. Mm-hmm. You can watch it from the beginning to the end. Yeah. Um, but knowing in advance, like, hey, some of this is just not going to make sense because the plot's not great. Yeah. If you know that going in, it's kind of better. Yeah. So I think before we like really dive into like, you know, the, the plots of these movies the together and plots. how they compare, uh, I think it's it's probably fair to address a somewhat of an elephant of the room that the, we... The alligator. Oh, no, it'd be the an elephant. Alligator, it'd be an elephant. The saxophone playing elephant. And the, maybe he's friends with the... Anyway, uh, as we mentioned before, we are two white podcasters. That's correct. And uh, the, the the rarest kind of podcaster. The, <laughs> I'm not two males. Yeah, I'm. So it's yeah, it's not it's not a three guys it's podcast. It's not three white guys. Good job, Kate. Thank hey. you. Thank you. Uh, and we are talking about two movies with leads of color. Yep. Uh, directed by two white men. Oh yeah. Uh, closer to that podcast uh, trope. Yeah. Uh. And I think there are um, signs of that. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. No idea. Of that uh, dis- disconnect, perhaps, uh, you might call it, yeah. in both these movies. Uh, so I've been doing a lot of research of kind of uh, sources from indigenous groups and black groups of, you know, what, what was the response to these movies? Um, because... You know, both of these movies are the first Disney representations of uh, of these groups of people in a meaningful way, and and in a in a not outright racist way. I guess there are natives in or like indigenous people in uh, Peter Pan. Uh, that does not go over super well. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, they are in a fantasy land, so they are not Native Americans. No, but they uh, are indigenous. But they 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 are they're it's pretty pro- close proxies. It's a problem. Uh, and uh, I don't know if you've heard, but Disney doesn't have the best history of um, African American stories in their animated films. 
Splash Mountain is really great. Yeah, Splash Mountain is great. Was that based on a movie? No. No, huh? That's <laughs> not, weird. Not, uh, Disney says no, so I, huh. I don't. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, so Pocahontas uh, comes out in 1995. Yep. This is in the middle of like, it. you know, I'm in elementary school. We're learning a lot of stuff. So- like, we all know how to say, you know, Jumbo and... Uh, you know, Ni Hao and all these different languages. There's a very big multicultural-ism push in schools at this time, I think. I think it's kind of like we've talked about, like, recycling was really big in 1992. Yeah. I think through the 90s, it's really important for educators to be like, look at all these different color people. Like That's, that's interesting. I was not... Uh, getting so much multicultural, Interesting. but I was getting a decent amount of Native American history, and so like, that might have been maybe yeah, yeah part of it. So like I I don't know if part that of what was, I'm remembering. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if that was a similar push or I mean we were in different grades. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, you know there might be that. And I think you know going back through like curriculum books that have been gifted to me by mm. retired teachers, it's like okay, you do have. You know, songs from Africa in this music binder. You do have songs from indigenous populations, but like they're arranged and presented in a lesson plan or sometimes written by (laughs) uh, white people. Like those are the people that are putting together your curriculum. And Pocahontas to me is very similar. Like, look, we have a Disney princess, air quotes, uh, who is not white. Mm -hmm. Congratulations to us. Um, But the people who are mostly curating, not congratulations, but yeah. like, it's important to put a different perspective. I mean, but they, it's still. They have had a non white princess at this point. Jasmine, yeah. Yeah, yeah that is true. Um, from, you know, somewhere. From somewhere. Um, so I guess what, it, what I'm also going toward is Pocahontas, directed by two white men, uh, someone, and Eric Goldberg, who. Did the animation for the genie. Mm-hmm. He also uh, did the animation for that trumpet gator mm-hmm. in Princess and the Frog. Anyway. Great animating. Um, but they, yeah, it is great. Yeah, yeah he's, he's, he's good. He's great. Uh, so they do have, um, you know, they do have people on their team that, um, you know, they have, they have consultants, basically. It's sure. a Moana situation, but l- probably a little bit less in depth. Uh, so they have consultants Anyone who is playing a, a Powhatan character is voiced by an indigenous person or in Jim this movie. Cummings. Or Jim Cummings. Okay, that's only the singing voice. Okay. I will say that. That's right. it's only the singing voice of Chief Powhatan. So so this is right, like this is a step if you're looking at a grand spectrum of things, it is it is technically a step beyond, you know, Steve from Full House playing Aladdin. Yeah. Right? Like, and instead of, like, one Iranian friend, friend, they friend. have, like, friend. They have, like, several Native American friends. Are they Powhatan? No. But, uh... uh yeah, yes, and. I, I think this is better intentioned. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I don't know. Well, so where the controversy comes, and I think this is where it splits from Aladdin, is that they're, they're at least saying that they're telling a story from history. Pocahontas was a real Powhatan member. Yeah. Um, John Smith was real. Like all these, the main cast is... These are real people. These are real people. And I'm making the most 
giant air quotes. Yeah. Sarcastic air quotes. Because it is a fictionalized story. Right. Pocahontas was 11 and like probably did some translation and bartering with John Smith, but there was no love story. She when she does marry. She didn't even have a raccoon. It was a squirrel. <laughs> when she does marry an Englishman, um, it is a way to uh, barter herself out of being kidnapped by the English. Yeah. Um, and then she is taken on a tour of England, kind of a, a you know. Uh, Barnum and or Bailey. Yeah, Barnum Bailey, uh, Frankenstein. <laughs> it's a freak show. Yeah. Sideshow. Basically. Circus. She she is the noble native. Um, and like, look, we can fancy. I mean, a little bit uh, My Fair Lady. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, look, we can fancy her up. They are not complete uh, barbaros, savages. That's that, uh, Spanish for savages. barber. <laughs> uh, that is a good lyric. The, the whole song is kind of weird, but barbaros, barbaros is really satisfying. Yeah. Uh, That's so, to be confused with Bulbalos. Burbojos. I would need to look it's up. It's hard to say it bubbles to say. in it's Spanish. Say but it's fun. Kids have when, it hard. When you nail it, it's fun. So a lot of the, you know, so the material I've been reading, which yeah. I'll link to on the on the show sites, um, is generally like, okay, so this is an outright racist. Like, we don't have the Peter Pan problems here. And this is, yeah. our, you know, perspectives of indigenous people. But, like, this story is not real. And there's one, um, I read, you know, a multi-perspective uh, article. And it's uh, one reference was, it's like uh, if the movie Titanic ended before it hit an iceberg. Like... <laughs> Yeah. It's telling this story and there are like... Of a wonderful boat ride. There are some lines... I guess it ended well. Yeah. And there are some lines and like definitely the, you know, the colonists are kind of poised as the intruders. They, besides John Smith, they are. There are some jokes made like, yeah. what are, oh, are we going to do something besides kill them, murder them, uh, you know, kidnap them? So... Which is, which is weird because... John Smith is pretty psyched about that at the beginning of the movie. He's, Until he finds out Indians can be sexy. Yeah, I'm going to kill an Indian. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so in the perspective of Russell Means, who plays Chief Powhatan and is kind of the lead consultant, or at yeah. least the one who's given the most interviews, he's like, hey, we have no like mainstream depictions at this point. This is basically his perspective is, this is better than nothing. Yeah. This is getting at least our people into a major Disney film. And at this point, you've got Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, Lion King. Like, this is a shit ton of exposure. Yeah. And, uh, but then on the other side, what is argued is, well, right, it's exposure to a very incomplete and falsified story. Yeah. And there's, there's something to be said for um, people that, see this and then go on to learn more mm-hmm. because they're interested and they're like, Oh shit, that was wrong. But it got them interested. Yeah. There's you know, just like, uh, I always, uh, uh, make the argument that zoos are bad. Sea world is bad. And also it has inspired a lot of people that then grew up to shut down sea world. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, 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 uh, Mm-hmm. It's complicated. It is. It's complicated. Um, I, I will. Uh, I want to go back to Russell Means really quick mm-hmm. because I, he reminded me of of 
and not to not not that these are in any way the same um but he reminded me of like me after seeing like mortal Kombat in the theaters and being like well it wasn't great but at least like at least it was a video game at least they had like finish him in there that's cool or like uh when you go see like a movie and it's like uh, about like musicians and it's like well it wasn't great but you can tell they were playing their own instruments or like you could tell he knew how to play guitar so that's pretty cool russell means was like they had the tents facing the right way like that yeah. was a main i was gonna say russell means has a slightly different uh demeanor when he's talking about this and i think yeah. maybe that's in part the disney money that's talking and uh, and and maybe it's just like him talking it up so that disney's like we're going to continue this relationship. We're right. Gonna, um, and there are some details he mentions like yeah. that, you know, the tent facing or like that no one is referred to by name in the tribes. They just refer to each other as daughter or yeah. father or friend. But man, if you've been watching like F troop and that's your representation or like, you know, like if, if everything you've seen of, of your people is like TP's in a circle and then someone finally gets it right. Like, that's got to feel good. Sure, That's something. Yeah. That's a step. And to know that you were consulted to, or someone was consulted. He made a, he made a difference. He made a difference. Yeah. That's absolutely and true. And it seems like that's what he's excited about. I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah. There should have, I mean, I have posited this before on the podcast. It won't be the last time. There should have been a co-director. Like, yeah, maybe or, not Russell Means, but there, like, there should have been someone at the very top of the creative for this and, and for princess and the frog, mm-hmm. um, who has direct knowledge yeah, and is willing to also put in the work to get it right on a personal level, not yeah. just like we need to be very respectful, which I feel like is a little bit of it's the Pocahontas It's a little bit what we're story. doing with Pocahontas. Mm-hmm. And that's, it's like, this is important. Mm-hmm. We can't have fun. I mean, that's the, it's uh, like, the, a, it's like when, um, Lisa's teaching Homer to recycle and he's like having fun. And she's like, dad, recycling is not supposed to be fun. So he starts like crying while he's recycling. <laughs> like this is very important. It is. It's an Alan Menken quote uh, that he says, you know, we, we tried to write a different, you know, a couple drafts of a comedy song for this movie, but there was just no putting comedy in Pocahontas. We tried. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so in general, I think the idea is, uh, no, n- no Pocahontas. I want to, I want to like, touch on Princess and the Frog here, though, yeah. um, because I, I don't know. You may have seen more than me. Did they do research on this? Like so Pocahontas, they, I know they like, like they got a bunch of stuff wrong, yeah. but they, they at least put in the effort to learn some things. Yeah, I do think there was a lot of research. It's so the story takes place in 1920s New Orleans. So there's I think there's a lot of care done especially for the the visual setting. I think it looks very yeah. authentic. Um yeah, I don't know as much. They didn't make as big of a deal about telling us that we did our research, but I, I'm sure they did. I like, feel like... They did for Pocahontas. They did for Mulan. I would be... Sh- they at least had a friend. I, I would be shocked if they uh, explored the black experience in New Orleans in 1920. And then we're like, cool, here's how we're representing it. Like... Yeah, I mean, that's... So So on So on this side of things, <laughs> um, there's, there's less... Uh, anger and less like 
mm, this might cause more problems than it does good, which mm-hmm. is a lot of the kind of conclusion on Pocahontas. Mm. Po- Pocahontas. Pocahontas. Uh, the major complaints on this one are, yeah, broadly, like, there were things happening in 1920s New Orleans uh, that would make a very interesting story, perhaps darker than Disney might want. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there, you know, Tiana struggles to open her own business. There's like one line that kind of implies it's harder for her to get, you know, a lease because of her situation. And it's not really clear whether that's class or race. I mean, I think an but audience also, is... when someone says you can't get a lease because of your situation, I assume she's pregnant. Oh. Because that's it, kind of like, oh, well, yeah, I'm situation. Not, yeah, I'm not sure what the exact word in the script is. Yeah. But there's like literally just one line of yeah. like, this is harder for you. And, and like, uh, look, Disney. So it could have been like, could have been she was having, you know, a plot point could have been that she was having trouble opening a restaurant because she had the money, but people kept denying her money. Um, Yeah, you could have built more. This is 2009. I think if they're making this movie now, there's maybe a little bit more leeway to do something with that. Yeah. Uh, But even, even more than like putting that sort of stuff in, just don't set the movie in the 1920s and star a black woman in America. So like, you're you're saying the same thing as kind of what some people have positive for Pocahontas. That's like just make up a story, yeah, like just, make up a place and time. Make make the 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 other two movies that are very much like Pocahontas that we've talked about recently, Avatar and uh, Ferngully. Ferngully, mm-hmm. like Ferngully is the Pocahontas story or close to yeah. it. I do think it was important for Tiana to be African American. Not yes. just black. And so I think if you put it in a made-up ah. world, it's just like, well, this is a black princess. I think specifically African-American was important That's to Disney fair. and That's to fair. people who have been putting pressure on Disney at this point. Then then maybe not in 1920. Yeah. I, right? Like, there's just there's I think, certain I think connotations. It, I think it helps it that it it is, you know, relying on kind of the fairy tale. Like, she turns mm-hmm. into a frog. So there are... Some fantastical elements, anyway. Yeah. Maybe there's a different universe of history going on. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's just it's, yeah. There's there's some stuff you you think about as the movie's going. It's like, yeah. I will uh, say it's not like 1950s Alabama, right? Like, right. It's, it's not a giant elephant. It's just yeah. It's it's you know it's not a, a a time that I know anything about specifically. Right. I just know what America is like now, a mm-hmm. hundred years later. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There's not really a good time to set this. There. there <laughs> to be honest. Um. But but maybe if you had a a. a Black director, black writers. You could figure out a way to, to do it. To tell a story that would make... Yeah. I don't know. And again, we're, we're two white kids... We're two white sitting, people trying to... Sitting in an apartment together, so... Uh, but yeah, hey, look, there are you, less general yeah. complaints about this movie from the population um, that it represents. Yeah. Uh, the biggest complaint is we finally have a black princess and she's a frog for... 80% of the movie, uh-huh. which is fair. Um, I mean, she is voiced by Anna Canoni Rose, so mm-hmm. you have 
I mean, so you have that representation in the voice. But, like, not only is she a frog 80% of the movie, her solo song, her I Want song, she's a, not a caricature, but a stylized yeah. 2D, um, I don't like, kind of like Jazz Age yeah. cartoony version of herself. And it's a cool animated sequence, but you're not really seeing her face yeah. Like you're seeing a flattened version of even a 2D face. So you're just not you're not you're just not getting that I want. You're not getting that song. Yeah, you're, you're not, not reading you're not getting the emotions in her face. You're yeah. getting it in the voice, but you know, the one place where a Disney princess, you know, kind of had traditionally it's their scene to shine, she's kind of covered over. Um so I, I think that's unfortunate as well. So okay. And I- there's uh, there was controversy, although it's telling a different story, that the Prince Naveen character, because he's from he's a native like country in South America, yeah. the actor is Brazilian, um, he's very light-skinned. Um, and I think it's less like, like this character is light-skinned and more like, here is an opportunity you had to have also a black prince, and you kind of didn't take it. Yeah, I I think that's I I I don't know. I'm not I am too white to comment exactly on this. Same. Um and I think we've reached the point where we need to move on and talk about uh I don't know, instead of the bad characters, let's talk about the best character. I want to talk about Dr. Facilier. Yes, please. Um he's awesome. Dr. Facilier is the villain of the Princess and the Frog. Um he is a voodoo uh guy yeah. i don't know if he's considered a voodoo priest he's a voodoo man he's a voodoo man um but like a con man voodoo man um there voodoo is also presented in a positive like like there's a character later on who practices voodoo there's, for good there's good voodoo and bad voodoo yeah. yeah so uh he's bad voodoo so his name is dr facilier the villain though depending on where you go to read pot summaries is also known as the shadow man and uh, Dick, why might this be? Because he's cool, <laughs> like a shadow. Like when you're in a shadow, you're cool. Uh, say more about Shadow Man. Uh, he controls shadow demons. Yeah, so yeah. he has this kind of second personality. Yeah. Um, and maybe the main villain could be construed as this: that his shadow acts um, independently of oh, the man. Interesting. Really? Kind of. You didn't. You haven't seen. No, I just oh. his name's the Shadow Man. Right. Because he controls shadows. So I think the shadow controls him. Like that guy on Naruto. Boom. Mic drop. Um, I do think the shadow controls him. I think, uh, in to a certain extent, he has the shadow do kind of like bidding for him, but sometimes the shadow reacts to something first. Anyway, what we're talking about is this really cool thing they do. And this works in 2D animation in a way that it wouldn't so much oh, yeah. in it would 3D. Not fly. It would be weird. It yeah. wouldn't be as clear. So it's kind of like um, if you're familiar with Peter Pan and his shadow, that whole thing. It's basically that, but with a villain. So it's way creepy and it's animated so well. And like his shadow interacts with, with both the shadows of real things. Yeah. Like, yeah. So it's... he can like control other shadows, which in turn controls the thing that's making the shadow and just and the way they play with it is so creative and fun it's amazing also can i just mention that it is uh voiced by 
Mr. Keith David, who you may recognize as Gargoyle or Goliath from the original Gargoyles right. cartoon. Uh, he's in a lot of other stuff too, but he's a great. He gives a great vocal performance here. Yeah. This this villain is uh, not used as well as he could be. No, but every use of him is spectacular, and I want more. And can, like, okay, so one his. Uh, his like initial song, Are You Ready? Which you've been like kind of singing. Friends on the other bum, side. Bum, bum, bumming. Yes. Yeah. Friends on the other side. Are you ready? In parentheses. <laughs> um, it, it's it's awesome. Mm-hmm. It's really well animated. Yes. Um, it is like, it is the genie moment of this movie for me. It, yeah. From I'm just like, like me. yeah. If I'm going to show anyone like a clip from the, not to spoil where I'm going to go. If I'm going to show someone a clip from this movie, it's going to be Facilier. And it's yeah. probably going to be that because it's it's fun and it's intriguing. And it's, it's and and again, the performance is so good. Yeah. that I think that scene, maybe more than any other in the film, takes advantage of where 2D animation is in mm. 2009. Mm-hmm. Because you've got shadow stuff going on. You've got the, the masks are all glow in the dark. So you have this cool glow effect that you don't they're, see they're in other 2Ds. Like, they're all like growing in size and mm-hmm. like warping. And and like there there are definitely some CGI elements, but they yeah. are incorporated well. Yeah. And and because it's kind of this big hallucination, it works. Yeah. Um, and the song is good. Like it's, um, how would you describe? I mean, it's kind of, you said like, this will be a really good dark ride. Like yeah. there are elements of it that remind the, me of Haunted Mansion. The, the music in this movie was written jazz. by Randy Newman. Yes. And that song I'm convinced was written by someone else because it's really good. Uh, no. Okay. So be, we will get into the music. Yeah, we They will. chose Randy Newman because he is from New Orleans. And in general, I think he does good at painting the setting with the music. And I think this song is excellent. Uh, and it in and the and the reprise. So, so Doctor Facilier is an excellent villain. Yeah. Like maybe one of my favorite Disney villains in an outsized way because this is not one of my favorite Disney movies. Yeah. There. Uh, like I don't want to. I'm not gonna wait in line for a character meet and greet with Gaston. Mm. But I might for Facilier. Yeah. Would you meet in a? Would you stand in a character line for Governor Ratcliffe? Okay. I mean, it'd be a line of two people. So let's, yeah, let's sure. Let's talk about this. It'd be a short line. People hate this villain. Not in like a you love to hate him. Yeah. People think he's a shitty villain. In a in wrestling terms, mm-hmm. um, when a when a heel when a bad guy is awesome, we say they have heat. Uh, because you love to hate them. Mm-hmm. And then when they just suck, we call it X-Pac heat, because X-Pac sucks, or go-away heat, where the fans just are like, no, just be off my TV. I'm not interested in you. What is, what I'm interested to know what your personal estimation of Governor Ratcliffe is, as a villain, as a Disney villain, as a kid, just in general. I, I like him. Right? To be honest, like... I don't... I don't... He's not Dr. Facilier. He's no. not Scar. He's not Jafar. But I also think he is part of... I think he's part of the puzzle. Yeah. Because on his own, maybe he would not be, like, mm-hmm. great. But because he's got that little wormy assistant, whose mm-hmm. name I forget... And, Wiggins. And, and 
pompous ass of a dog. Yeah, Percy. Like the three of them together. Yeah. Uh, like make a paint paint like a really interesting picture, make a really interesting character, and and yeah, Ratcliffe. I I don't mind. He's like. He is so pompous and it's so fun. And his song is not bad. I think the song is really good. In third grade, when I was, (laughs) you know this story. Uh, It was like one of those worksheets that you fill out like four different times in every grade in elementary school. And it's like, what's your favorite color? What's your favorite food? What's your favorite song? And at a particular point in time. What? Because perhaps I had put Colors of the Wind on a sheet two months ago. I wanted to like mix it up and I, I was be shuffling. Fair. Yeah. I put mine, mine, mine as my favorite song. That's amazing. It is amazing. But I will say, like, you know, I, I really love this it's soundtrack a fun in song. general. It's got great animation. It's got with some it. really it's it's got some cheesy but really fun lyrics. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I think Howard Ashman would have written it better, but I think Howard Ashman would listen to these lyrics and be like, oh, okay. Okay, like it's yeah. like it's a little Gaston y and that it's like quick, cheesy jokes. There are some fun things that you know are you know this rhyme is coming, but it's like a little bit weirder than you thought. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah, it's like patter and And it, it also gets us the see how I glitter. Yes. Uh soundbite that yes. I feel like Lindsay Ellis has used a hundred times. I feel like everyone like that's a It meme. just gets stuck in my head. Yeah. Um and this is sung uh wonderfully. Like this is performed well. By not Jim Cummings. Not Jim Cummings. Um, but David Ogden Steers. That's correct. Steers? Steers? Ste- yeah, I, I don't know which one it is. He plays Ratcliffe and, and Wiggins. Wiggins. Who who has a, a descant over Ratcliffe's part in the song. So at one point, it's just like a chorus of David Ogden Steers Tell us what singing. a descant is. So it's like a part that goes over the top of like the main melody of a song. So he's like, hey, nanny, nanny, hey, nanny, nanny. Yeah, it's and great. Like, like that's it's cute. Yeah. Nice. Uh, I I don't mind that song. I don't mind the villain. I don't think he's the strongest part of Pocahontas. Mm-hmm. I think. I mean, if we're listing villains from the Renaissance, he's probably at the bottom of the list above um, the Mulan one with yellow eyes. But uh, yeah, see, your hands just go up because you don't know who that is. I just, I just, <laughs> I just watched Mulan. I don't. Know. I, well, no, but I did just watch a Christmas. Oh. I just watched the Disney Christmas Parade, in which was he in it? Uh, the villain as like no, a but, float. But someone like... mentioned him. Yeah. Why would someone mention him? He's well, because like the least uh, because uh, Donny Osmond was there to sing a song from Mulan, mm-hmm. which I think was either. Well, no, I guess he sang it's... two songs from. He sang his and he sang Stevie Wonder's. Yeah, uh, and then on the theme maybe, of white maybe, men, maybe yeah. more. I don't think I finished. Mm. Watching it. Did he sing Reflection too? I think he just did the um ba da 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 do 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 the instrumental oh, from this. Yeah, I think he just did that acapella. From the cutting hair scene. I'm pretty sure. I would listen to that. Yeah. Uh yeah, so I don't I don't really understand. I mean, again, if you're comparing it to Scar and Jafar and like Disney's greatest hits, no. He's not that. But I don't, I don't mind him, and I, I think he fits into the to the movie well. And I think, I think he's both uh, uh, pompous and um, um, flamboyant, mm-hmm. uh, while being a little bit banal. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of interesting. 
because he's just like, no, I'm yeah. gold. I'm just here for gold. Leave, leave, go, go kill the Indians. Well, and he's an gold. interesting, he's a foil to Pocahontas, right? Who is very like of the earth and very like serious and giving. But as in The Princess and the Frog, he is not Pocahontas's direct antagonist. Right. He's more John Smith's antagonist. And Facilier is more Prince Naveen's antagonist. Yeah. Um, I learned the term de- Deuteragamus? Deuter- oh, I'm mispronouncing it's Deuteronomy. Deuterantagonist or something like that. I'll dude, look it up later. Dude, where's my antagonist? But it's like an antagonist to a secondary character. Cool. Um, so both of these villains are that. Let's put that in the show notes, too. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. Um. And it's interesting because that's not the typical route in Disney movies. It's pretty much straightforward, right? I mean, and, and you can argue, you know, who is a main character in Beauty and the Beast, like right, who like, is a protagonist in Beauty and Gaston the Beast. Gaston is or, the other yeah. one that like leaps to mind, right? But he's still pretty direct in that he attempts to murder. Well, because of Belle, like right, like she's she has an interaction with him from the beginning. Tiana doesn't meet. Dr. Right. Facilier until the last 10 minutes Th- of the movie. That's what I'm saying. He, he tries to murder the beast, mm-hmm. and he's bugging Belle at the beginning. Right. Whatever you think is going on there, right. he's clearly at least a bad guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And yeah, Facilier. Yeah. Tiana's just... But they are foils in that, like, Facilier... Facilier Tiana... Oh, what's her last name? It's... Facilier. No, it's really cheesy. It's uh, um, so Facilier in it's a takeoff of um, the French word for easy. Um, and Tiana's last name. Anyway, so anyway, he takes the easy way out because it's all voodoo and magic and um, like making other people do things for him. Whereas Tiana's whole thing is hard work gets you places. You have to work for things yourself and you have to work long hours. And her last name is something cheesy. Dick is looking it up right now. Well, according to Wikipedia, it's Tiana. Oh, did you? Okay. It's something like, it's not like Tiana, like hard work again, but it's something like that. Like, yeah. It's like toughen or something like that. I don't, it will. It's bumming me out. Show notes. Um, anyway, so their last names are directly foil. Yeah. I'm not sure that either of them. Work. I think Radcliffe works a little bit better in his movie than Facilier does. Um, but there are a lot of these kind of archetypes in these parallel structures. There's um, Grandmother Willow is kind of the advisor to Pocahontas. She's more through it. Mama Odie shows up in the last act to kind of give them a pep talk, but it's not a very good pep talk. And like tell them that the they movie just, thinks it's a good pep they talk. They just got to be themselves. Dig a little deeper. It's a fun song. It's a fun song, and it the does lyrics, something for Naveen, but it doesn't, like... No, it doesn't do anything for Naveen. It does, because I think she, she like, just, literally shouts the word self-control at him, like, in the middle of the song. Yeah. That's, I mean, compared to what it does for Tiana, which is nothing, she doesn't tell her, like, dig a little deeper and invest in your personal relationships, which is kind of what the movie wants to say is Tiana's like barrier but even Tiana gets out of it like oh so I should work harder okay there's another big parallel between these movies and I think it's one we should address Mm. 
um, back in the back in the early '90s, uh, they were starting the uh, the Disney people were starting on a movie. Oh, before we get into this, all right. Can we talk about your favorite characters in Pocahontas? I thought we did. Ratcliffe. Yeah. John I, Smith. Uh, yeah. Oh, the raccoon and the hummingbird. And the—I mean—you talked about the dog. You know, I had a really good transition. I'm sorry. I thought, yeah, I thought this was your transition. I didn't want you to not talk about this. We could talk about it later. All right, the raccoon and the hummingbird are cool. There is literally a point in time in the movie where, like, yes, this is fair. You the, didn't remember that these were characters, the, the rac- any of these animals. Yeah, the, I especially didn't remember the dog, mm-hmm. and he's one of my favorites. The interaction between so what are what are their names? So I can stop saying the raccoon. Miko and the dog. is the raccoon. Miko and Percy. Percy, yeah. Miko and Percy's interactions are some of my favorite things uh, in this movie. Or probably my favorite things in this movie. You laughed very much. There was a point where uh, Kate was... You were explaining something to me, right, I think, Kate? yeah, I was explaining something about the music, which is and pretty on brand. the dog had his, like, butt stuck in a log. Yeah. And the raccoon... Started yeah, I think climbing it's, I, into the log. Yeah, I think it's reversed, but yeah. Reversed, and they became a log monster. Yeah, with a raccoon and, head and, and a little puppy butt. What did I say to you? You, you like, put your hand on my lap to stop me from talking, looked at me, said, this is important. <laughs> it's correct. Uh, it really made me happy that you loved something in this movie, because yeah. you didn't love a lot. I didn't love a lot. But... Uh, these animal characters, I mean, this is a Disney tradition of like cute yeah. animals with not even a B plot, like a C plot, yeah. that it's fun. Um, and in Princess and the Frog, there are animal sidekicks, but it's like everyone is animals for a certain oh, time period. Boy. So, I, you know what? I was going to get away from, from this. Um, just saying. I'm just, I just want to do like a, a couple of quick, a couple of quick points on Princess and the Frog <laughs> here. One, uh, the Firefly is not an important character, really, mm-hmm. but he gets two songs. Like one and a half. That the Down the Bayou is like a 30-second song. Oh, I thought right. it was longer. But it's two songs. Two songs. He gets two songs. Two separate things. Um, that's too many. For uh, yeah. Flounder doesn't get a single song. No, he's basically a flounder. He, he doesn't need two songs. Yeah. And one of them doesn't need to be an a, a intolerable love ballad to the moon is it the moon or like the north star the whatever it is yeah but no it's yeah it's a star it's a star it's a kiss the girl where it's like less about who's singing it and more about what's happening during it because like the frog like naveen and tiana have a little dance but yeah listening to it on the soundtrack like i remember listening to the soundtrack with my brother in a car traveling somewhere and it had been before i had seen the whole movie yeah and i'm like who is this? My brother's like, oh, it's Jim Cummings. He plays a firefly. Then the next song, who is this? Oh, it's Jim Cummings again. Oh, oh so the fire, like. Is he Jim, the main character? Oh, Jim Cummings usually doesn't uh, get a lead role in movies. He's like, uh, yeah, he's not. <laughs> he um, just... Yeah. So the other, the other thing I do want to uh, uh, jump on real quick is the frog catchers scene. Uh-huh. There's a scene where three frog catchers uh, or three like. Yokels, yeah. three bayou dwellers, they, whatever they are. Like you said, they're pulled directly out of Animaniacs or Looney Tunes. I mean, like, they're they're Looney Tunes. The the big one yeah. talks like this, and he says like he doesn't yeah. say which way did he go. Yeah, but he he's that character. Yeah, they're like they're the Three Stooges slash Looney Tunes characters. 
and I don't I don't mind when you throw a little Looney Tunes when you throw a little bit of that humor into a Disney movie. Yeah. But this the whole sequence is just Looney Tunes and it's so They try to catch the frogs and the frog escapes. So escape. weird. The, I mean, it's like the first time the frogs work together. It's yeah. the first time our, our heroes work together, but it's a really pointless scene. And it's a weird it's weird tonally. Like yeah. it's a shift to it's slapstick straight which up hasn't slapstick. really been there. Yeah. Um yeah, and, and like slaps, you know, like Lilo and Stitch has some of that, but it it works. And part because of it's like it's character driven, and it's characters <laughs> that have been there since the beginning. But like these guys yeah. just come in, do some slapstick, and leave. And it's like this works with the Three Stooges because it's about them. Yeah, we're and just it's we're like we're watching a little piece of the of like. It's like the the Lion King one and a half or the mm-hmm. Rosencrantz and Guildenstern yeah. of like some characters that interact with the Three Stooges, but not a Three Stooges movie. Yeah. It's just so, it's weird. It's very weird. It's weird. I think so in general, like all of these kind of archetypes or traditional ingredients of a, a fairy tale or a story like this are like the characters are done better in Pocahontas or at least they fit together better. Yeah, the, the uh, Pocahontas fits together better as a movie. Yeah. Yeah, Princess and the Frog is like, is, I, I think it holds up better, <laughs> definitely better than I'm making it out right now. I, I promise. It's just, it's uneven. Like, I mean, it's, the, the. It's really uneven. For as amazing as Facilier is, you've got that frog catcher. Aside scene. from all the representation and history and like, maybe we shouldn't look to this movie anymore, the main movie making critique of Pocahontas is it's just boring. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'm on board with that. It is kind of boring. Yeah. Princess and the Frog is not boring. Like, it has some cool scenes, and it's interesting, but it's, yeah, far less even. I, I, I was telling you about, uh, or I watched uh, Jurassic World over mm-hmm. the weekend, and I told you, like, it's a great hangover movie. Because, like, you can watch it, and it's not, like, it was my first time watching it, but there were scenes where I was like, oh, they're going to say a bunch of stuff and I can tune out because it doesn't matter. And then I can tune back in when it's time to watch a dinosaur mm-hmm. fight a dinosaur mm-hmm. or something. And I feel like if I'm if there's a hangover Disney movie, like it's not Pocahontas, though Pocahontas is slow enough to warrant it. Yeah. But like Princess and the Frog, pretty good. You can zone out for a little bit, come in for the cool part, zone out for a little bit. If you've seen it before, though. Mm. Otherwise, you're—I don't know—that would that, like pay, the first time I saw it, it just stressed me out that I didn't understand. Just pay attention when Facilier is on screen; you'll be yeah, fine. I mean, that's pretty much it. So, Dick, you were—I uh, was. I was making a really good segue. What do you think? Uh, are, are, is there anything else that these two movies might have in common? No. I mean, yes. Um, yeah, yeah. So, uh, uh, Pocahontas famously, and we've we've talked about this before, but Pocahontas famously was a movie. That Disney was like, this is going to be our biggest, best movie of all time. This is going to win Oscars. This is going to make like a billion dollars. Also, we're doing this movie with lions. I don't know. We haven't made a movie with animals in a while. We don't know how it's going to go. Yeah, post-Aladdin, um, they decided that they were going to do a movie a year. At this point, they had been doing like two years, maybe mm-hmm. 18 months. And like everyone was really stressed out and tired and like almost dead it's a good so, way to make sure your quality stays high right uh 
So so what they did is they split the animation department basically in two and said, mm. you know, this half is working on one movie, this half is working on the other. And it is well documented that Pocahontas was from the beginning marked in studio and outside the studio as the A movie. Yeah. And Lion King was the B movie. I mean, and all the choices, right? Like mm-hmm. they're hiring a pop star to do the Lion King's music. Last, they're putting their guy Alan that, Menken. Last time they did that was Oliver and Company. Oliver and Company. Yeah. That's a B movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they put Alan Menken, who had written all the scores so far and won mm-hmm. all the Oscars. They put him on Pocahontas mm-hmm. with Stephen Schwartz, who mm-hmm. um, he's won a few Tonys. You you haven't heard of him. <laughs> What is it? What is that from? Was that it's, a? Well, it's like all the behind the scenes stuff. It's like yeah. Academy Award winner Alan Menken from this movie and this movie and this movie, and Tony winner Stephen Schwartz. Skip like yeah. <laughs> like you know. Like, he's, we, like, are we not going to talk about? Okay, that's fine. I mean, he's got Godspell Pippin at this point. Mm-hmm. If he had Wicked, they would have mentioned Wicked. But uh, yeah, so like everything about Lion King is kind of B movie. There's this feel like you know Glenn Keane, the the studios basically best animator at the time is assigned to Pocahontas. Mm -hmm. So there's this kind of, there's this feeling in the studio and I think Katzenberg probably says it at some point because he's Katzenberg. Like this is the movie we're putting all of our marbles on. Right. (laughs) Uh, What's the phrase? I don't know that that's a saying. Uh, Well, Jeffrey Katzenberg said it, not me. Great. Then yes. Fictional Jeff Katzenberg. I'm taking some, (laughs) some historic, (laughs) <laughs> some historical licenses with oh, the okay. uh, with the biography of Jeffrey Katzenberg. Great. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, Pocahontas is supposed to be the movie. Yes. Um, and and similarly, when Princess and the Frog came out, it was kind of heralded as the return of, like, we had the new Coke of three D animation, <laughs> and it was good. Uh-huh. Like uh, legit is. Pretty good. It is pre- is fine. Well, the Disney stuff that's coming out is less good. Yeah. Than Pixar. Um. So Disney's like, okay, you know what? We're gonna do what we do best. We're gonna make two D animation. Two D animated musical. That musical was a that was a retro with element a princess. as well. Like this is Disney's wheelhouse. And with an African American princess mm-hmm. that they had never done before. Mm-hmm. They've done. Uh, I mean the movie we're talking about they've done princesses of yeah. color before or lead heroines of color but i feel like this feels more important because it's a you know just a bigger slice of the american population and i think they've been getting you know documented pressure yeah for from a lot of years people. yes <laughs> but so it's like it's like we're we're doing this mm-hmm. we're going all out we we got we got uh anika noni rose we got john goodman we got Jim Cummings on board. It's a good voice like, cast. We, like it's yeah. I, they got Jim Cummings. Yeah. Like that's <laughs> so. They both also didn't perform super well. They didn't perform well. I will say that Pocahontas, like if if the Lion King didn't exist, they would have been very happy with Pocahontas because Lion King is just a weird outlier. Of, yeah. I mean, it's also very good, but. Like Beauty and the Beast internationally does like 400. I think Aladdin does 500. Lion King does 900 billion dollars internationally. 900 million. 900 million. 900 billion would be a lot more money. That would be a lot more money. Anyway, uh, what is the suffix on this? Why am I saying? Pocahontas does like 
500 million worldwide. It's like basically on par. It might be a little less than Aladdin. I, but I remember it being like in the threes, but I could be wrong. Maybe domestically. But anyway, it didn't do as well as Lion King. It didn't do as well. Sure. It did like half as well as Lion King. And I'm I'm sure they spent more on it. Uh, by the end, they might have had similar budgets. They might have known what was up. Well, because I think Lion King, like, the, the early drafts were not good. Mm-hmm. And, like, people were wanting to jump ship. Yeah. But I think as they did more revisions, I think it, it like you said, they, they kind of figured out, like, oh, this is... This might be the better movie. Going to be a really good movie. We should maybe put some more money into the animation. Yeah. Uh, so it, any other studio probably on the planet would be oh, yeah. very happy with Pocahontas's if, numbers. If Pocahontas had come out before Little Mermaid, yeah. it would have been the beginning of the Renaissance yes. with yeah, those it would numbers. Have been. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's even it did the not, movie itself would have been the beginning of the Renaissance. Yeah. It's it, it did not bomb. No. It, it is not a bomb of a movie, but it underperformed to expectations mm-hmm. and it definitely like for being the A movie. Yeah. Looks bad compared to the lion king mm-hmm. um princess and the frog just didn't make that much money it didn't no yeah it like it didn't like lose out to another movie or something like that right. like the, the, that story is not there but similar yeah giant hype and not not too much success i feel like uh, merchandise in the last 10 years yeah I mean, I mean it she's came out still in two thousand nine, right? She still is the only African American Disney princess. So. Yeah, so we've got we've got that, and 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 the merch does well, and I I know I, the Tiana buy merch the, does well. Oh, we the think anyone is buying Louis the Gator? No one's buying the Jim Cummings Firefly. That is it, it, just gross looking. The unfortunate thing about this film is that like it's fine, right? Seven out of ten, but because it underperformed. It was the nail in the coffin of 2D animation for Disney. It was like, well, no, no one wants to watch 2D animation. It's like, mm. no, we want to watch. People want to watch good stories. Good, we want to like, we we watch, watch good movies. Watch a good movie. Mm. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't know why that is just not there for studios. But you could make a stick figure. Like South Park looks like absolute garbage. Yeah. And that movie did really well. That show did really mm-hmm. well. Like. You can make a stick figure movie. We'll go see it if it's if it's good. If it's good. I think there's also a, a different set of expectations around Disney musicals in, for both of these yeah. movies that you're competing with. Whereas like you're going to see the South Park movie. It does. Oh, yeah. yeah it does yeah. better than what I think a South Park movie should be. Is a South Park movie as good as Pocahontas? I I don't think probably, so. Probably not. Like, I, but but. But, you know, to my, yes. my point is that, it like, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if it's a 2D animated or 3D right. animated or, like, crappily animated. Right. If it's worth watching. Like, yeah. give us something give us something great mm-hmm. and, and we'll get on board. Yeah. Um, so, do you think there are any items that we haven't mentioned of why these kind of have settled as more B-tier Disney movies that we have not touched on yet? Uh, so one one thing that uh, so Pocahontas, um, I I think I've made all the points I need to make mm-hmm. on that. Um, I think Pocahontas it comes down to the animation being kind of boring. 
it just I think everything is kind of boring. That's just a big part of it for mm-hmm. me. Is the animation is is not. It's like I would love this on a wall. Mm-hmm. I don't need it on a TV. Mm-hmm. Um, for Princess and the Frog, that's how I feel about most of the music. Yeah, I feel like it's. Yeah, it's just it's. I you said it well. You you said it it, it puts you in a time and place. Randy right? Newman could have written a really great score. He could have been mm-hmm. like the Hans Zimmer of this movie. Yeah, done really well. And like the Randy like Newman incidental music that like a band is playing yes, as you're walking. Absolutely, by. he doesn't have any musical theater experience. Right, and it shows. Like you can write good songs because I think there are good songs in this movie. Yeah. I, I think I think the I Want song stands up there with. I mean, he's not Alamenkin, but. I think it stands up with other I Want songs. Um, I think it's the catchiest. The almost there. Yeah. I'm almost there. Uh, I think it, it's catchy. It's kind of the only one I leave the theater singing. Or leave the theater. Leave the TV room singing. That's not true. Well, oh, sorry. Besides the villain <laughs> song. Sorry. No, you're right. You're right. The one you've been singing all the night. The one I've been singing all the time. But even the villain song, like, it's a cool song. It's a cool sequence. There's something intangible missing about it because yeah. it's not it's not as good at being musical theater. And even if you're not positioning this as like a straight up musical, like even if you're hiring Randy Newman to maybe do something different than Alan Menken, it's still you only have a little more than 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. You have to be economical with every scene. And I think besides those two songs every other song is just like kind of getting through it mm-hmm. um, and it doesn't forward the action at all. Um, yeah, I think you could write a better song for the for Tiana and Naveen to dance to. Yeah. Uh, that talk, I don't know. It's just the, the songs are just kind of, like you said, there. And they, they don't tell stories, whereas the Pocahontas soundtrack is quite good yeah i think i think the soundtrack is its greatest legacy yeah i don't I, people don't have problems with that no it's so good and stephen schwartz especially like did his research yeah. for being like another white guy on this film you read interviews with him he's like oh yeah i spent time with you know they the powhatan tribe would have been speaking uh an offshoot of algonquin and so i talked with algonquin people and all the you know all the tribal lyrics are authentic and they're except Except the blue corn moon. Except the blue corn moon, because it sounded better than green corn moon. <laughs> which is an actual Which thing. is an actual thing. Like it's like, you know, harvest moon versus green corn moon. But but he had a process too. He's like, Well, people think of the moon, like people associate cheese with the moon, and then you're thinking green cheese, and then you're just thinking mold. So we just wanted to not have any of those connotations. So I just so changed it to blue corn blue moon. Blue corn moon. Because it sounded cool. It's fine. But uh, that level but, of research but, and, of like we know what it's supposed to be, and that he knew he was he was changing it instead of just like getting it wrong, right? Um, Kate, I feel like we've been a little bit negative uh, in in the last couple of minutes, All in right. the last little bit. So I think it's time that we do some scene shout. I think so too. And I have many. I'm going to let you start then. Okay. Uh, which movie do you want to start with? Let's start with Pocahontas. Let's start with Pocahontas. I. I'm going to Now, be... to clarify, scene shout-outs are where we take whatever movie we've watched and we just say, yo, this scene, like, if you're going to watch a scene, this one's, this is the one. This is awesome. 
Um, similarly to the trailer for The Lion King, which was just Circle of Life, Ooh. the first trailer for Pocahontas was just the full colors of the wind scene. Oh, nice. I, I think it was effective. Yep. It made me want to see the movie. I still, I mean, I, I, I was deciding between that one and Just Around the River Bend mm-hmm. as my scene shot up because you can attest to this. Like, when, you know, you saw the dog and the raccoon uh, in the log butt thing yeah. and you said, this is important. Those two song sequences are like, no, don't say anything. I'm just looking at the screen and smiling. Also, every time we go kayaking. Yes. Every time. That's that's not just me. That's not other, just you. Other people sing Pocahontas when they are kayaking or canoeing. Every time, though? Every it's, time might just be you. Every time might just be me. But people <laughs> understand. I got my brother to play the Pocahontas soundtrack in the car on the way to kayaking one time. Oh, boy. Uh, anyway, it's just, it's beautifully animated. It... It does a lot of cool things with like literally the wind with the, you know, some it's it's the two characters, right? Like romping around through nature. Yeah. But it's not just. And maybe the scene too, you know, what you're talking about and that so much of it looks uber realistic. This scene does not. Right. The character, it's, you know, the human characters. Mm-hmm. She she like floats on air for a yeah, while. Yeah. They're running with like cloud it gets, gears. It gets and, a little watercolory. Yeah. Yeah. It's really nice. The colors are beautiful. I think that scene, maybe more than any other, are where the uh, colloquial term Pocahontas leaves comes from. <laughs> oh. That I use. <laughs> oh, that's a term? Whenever leaves are blowing around in a circle outside, I'm uh, like, ah, oh, it's Pocahontas. Uh-huh. Uh, it's just beautiful. And that song is gorgeous. Like, oh. it, the song holds up. The lyrics are great. That chord, mm, it's so good. Thanks for letting me gush about Colors of the Wind. Did, did I have a choice? No. <laughs> uh, Dick, tell us a scene shout out that... Uh, From Pocahontas, yeah. huh? You know, that whole time I was like half listening to you and half trying to think of a scene that I could shout out from Pocahontas. And I'm I'm kind of drawing a, a blank because you mentioned uh, the Colors of the Wind. Uh-huh. You mentioned Just Around the River Bend. Uh-huh. And those are, those are both great. Those are worth shouting out. Um, I, okay, I will. I will say uh, "Savages." Yeah. Uh, as a, as a, a a song, it's fine. It has some. It's a, it has some problems. the The hand is very heavy with the that hand song. is heavy. The music is great. Um, the lyrics and the visuals are are really cool. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, it's. I mean, it's everyone, It's it's the boy part of the movie, right? It's everyone getting ready to to go to war, but there's like again with with that song. There's, you know, there's there's a lot of interplay of colors, and I think the color palette just completely changes. We get mm-hmm. a lot of reds and blacks instead of like the pastels yes. that we're used to, yeah. and I think that's really effective. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also think it's really fun to listen to that song. Realize Jim Cummings is like two or three characters in it and at least one of them sounds a lot like his tigger yeah so you can imagine tigger uh getting ready for battle against uh the uh thing that he's against oh my god what's it called the baxon the baxon oh oh. no tigger is not against against. white people okay he's against the baxon yeah 
the yeah the the savages is animated beautifully and yeah. then like pocahontas comes in with like motifs from before and the repeat is so great uh yeah, the thing about savages now is it's a little bit of uh, fine people on both sides. Yeah, well, there's fine people on both sides. Like the Powhatan tribe is, they're different from us, which means they can't be trusted. Well, they can't, though. They can't. They're they, coming to kill you. Correct. You're, you're, you're the correct Historically, people. Historically. Also, they do. They do. So, <laughs> Before and after and during this movie. Just after this movie ends, you will all die. Yeah. Like, uh, in fairness, all the white people are dead now, too. <laughs> well, yeah. Okay. But uh, different, different, uh, different causes. Different, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a good one. Oh. That's a good one. Um, so, all right. So jump into, we might have the same one for Princess and the Frog. I'm taking it. I have claimed it. It's mine. Well, I'm just jumping onto it. Okay, Okay, go. well, I'll, go. Ta- I'll go, take go, it. Go. Uh, is the scene where Jim Cummings is... <laughs> no, do you want Do you want it? I can, I can throw no, no, out no. another I, scene. No, no, no. I can... You go. Okay, the 100% best scene in all of Princess and the... The Princess and the Frog. Uh, and one that we have not talked about up until now because, because we've, gonna both, be we've both been saving it for scene shoutouts is the death of Facilier. Uh. So the whole point of Friends on the Other Side is he's like, uh, that he's singing at the beginning is he's like, yo, I, I have magical powers because I speak with my friends on the other side, which are like, uh, souls or demons or, yeah. or something it's it's a nebulous thing mm-hmm. on the other side of life right yes. and throughout the thing like he is both in charge of these shadows that he mm-hmm. sends out and he is uh he like owes owes them yeah like, he's at the mercy of them he's at well. their yeah because he's like hey, you know he needs to get that frog blood yeah he needs to get that frog back so he's like hey friends i need some help i'll pay you back yeah you know and and like the relationship is is interesting like that um and then at the end so go ahead i'm gonna jump in with my scene shout out because i'm just gonna take the scene before the one you're about to describe all right go um so the the only time that tiana and facilier meet Mm. is uh tiana is has like lost her chance to be a human? No, that's not yet. Anyway, uh, she's no, no, she. Hop. Um, the she thinks that Prince Naveen is is just marrying Charlotte. Is, yeah, um, instead of Tiana, who they fell in love for reasons like instantly. So anyway, they she has to get. So basically, there's this vial of frog blood, a mask vial of frog blood. That if it's broken, maybe the spell will break. But as long as Facilier has this frog blood, Naveen is still a frog. Yeah. So they have to break that. And she and the Firefly kind of do this elaborate thing. The Firefly dies kind of unceremoniously. Yeah, he gets Facilier, Facilier stomps on him. Then he's like dying, I guess. It's he doesn't one die of the best scenes instantly. In the movie. Anyway. That Firefly dying. So then Facilier, in an attempt to keep Tiana from destroying his necklace, takes her on this dream sequence. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, she is a human again in this dream sequence. And she is in... She is... When we're (laughs) human! Is the song in this movie that doesn't know how to say the word human. 
Anyway, she's in this, she's in Tiana's place, the restaurant that she's been dreaming of the mm-hmm. entire movie. And it looks the way that she has imagined. And it's super successful. And she's super successful. And he's basically like taking her by the shoulders, all creepy, like, like, this could all be yours if you help me out and don't break this. Like, all of what your father wanted and worked for and never got. And just the way he delivers it and the emotion that you see on her face is just like, oh, oh, I'm invested in this storyline and I haven't been for maybe 45 minutes. Yeah. Um, this is, re- I wonder what's going to happen. And then she, you know, seizes on that memory of her father and, and she goes, no, that's, we don't take the easy way out. We like, we work for it and, and dad wanted this, so I'm going to work for it and I'm going to work for love. I, I don't exactly know what she says. It's a little unclear. So anyway, so the hallucination that he's created goes away. She's a frog again. Yeah. Go. And then she or someone smashes the frog blood amulet. Yeah. And then you hear, bum, 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 bum. Are you ready? And the, the spirits that were like accompanying Facilier uh-huh. in the song originally are kind of singing the background on their own. Are and, now. Oh, and are asking him. <laughs> instead of being like kind of ominous uh, and like kind of spooky, they're just downright scary. Terrifying. And they're, yeah, they're saying like, yo, Facilier, are you ready? Because they take him. He just, he just goes. And, and he's screaming back like, no, no, I'm not ready yet. Yeah. Like, and so like, this, no, like, my friends, my friends. Like, uh, oh. But I had goosebumps yeah, talking about this. But uh, uh, how do they take him? They eat him. Oh, so the the shadows are coming. Oh, up. they yeah, they grab they grab his shadow. Yeah, and then he gets sucked into this grave because yeah. they yank his shadow, and it's oh, it's, it's so like cool. such a good resolution for that neat animation thing and this neat like kind of two character villain that we've been seeing yeah and then all of a sudden his face turns into you know a stone or a headstone and he's just dead and it's so it's so good and again it'd be a good ride it would be a good I'd ride. go on this ride and so i remember the the combination of these two scenes were the first time when we were watching it when we're like this movie makes no sense can we turn this off sometime like we both like sat up yeah. during these two scenes and like looked at each other. Is this is this is this a movie? I, w- I want to watch this movie. Yeah. Like this is an amazing movie inside of an okay to bad movie. Yeah, it's is really. I and, uh, if if you take anything away from this episode, it's see Princess and the Frog. Do see it just for this villain. And it's and it's effective within the movie. Yeah, I think a little bit more than just like pulling I, out those. Two I think scenes. it's worth watching the whole movie. Yeah, yes, because um, he's he's great throughout. He's creepy. I like human Prince Naveen. Mm-hmm. I don't care for frog Prince Naveen. Yeah, I, I like him human. I like his express like, but man, Facilier. Yeah, so good. Uh, MVP of these movies. Well, combined. <sighs> Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's Jim Cummings. It is Jim Cummings. But no, it is not in any way Jim Cummings. I thought yours was definitely going to be Jim Cummings. No. All right, go. Um, I, it, the Facilier. I mean, what what else can I say? Um, 
you've got Keith David voicing him. Mm-hmm. You've got uh, someone animating him, probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he, amazingly, Facilier was able to inspire a good song out of Randy Newman, like a good musical song mm-hmm. out of Randy Newman. Um, and he just, he makes, if, if Facilier was not in Princess and the Frog, if it was a different villain that was like not, if it was like R- R- Rattinger, Rat- Ratcliffe, which was not the the governor's name. That was the second governor of James Clown. James. Oh my gosh. What are you, Mad Magazine over here? Jamestown, but the first one's name was like Whitcomb. So they're like, well, Radcliffe sounds rat like literal Ratcliffe yeah. sounds like a better villain name. So they just use that. Uh, yeah. Um, FYI. But yeah, if it was if it was a lesser villain, I don't think I would watch Princess and the Frog again. Mm. Uh, but I will watch it again at some point. Yeah. Just for. Facilia. on the strength of this character he is, yeah he's i mean he's the ursula of this movie mm-hmm. right he makes a deal he transforms someone like he's the ursula and he's also got one of the like probably the best song in the movie yeah little mermaid there's an argument to be made in this movie there's not an argument there's it's not the an best argument song yeah i mean not that ursula's song is necessarily not as good as Facilier's. it's just that is a movie also with part of your world exactly. and under the sea. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a movie full of bangers and La Poisson. Um, so, Kate. Yes. Who's your uh, most valuable uh, P? Uh, the basics of animation technique. <laughs> I'm going to like... You've had some cop-out answers I before, know, this but is a this, good is, one. this is impressive. So, I have noticed... <laughs> that the scenes and sequences that we have been giving high praise to in both of these movies uh-huh. are the ones that use animation, specifically 2D animation, <laughs> in the best possible way, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> it's the stretch and squish. It's the, like, using the phantasmical kind of uh, elements, uh-huh. not just portraying human humans. Um, I think this is a tie-in between Colors of the Wind and Friends on the Other Side. Um, yeah, I'm going to stay say Stretch and Squish. Uh, then I'm going to change mine. No. Uh-uh. Uh, mine is Electricity, which helped us to watch both of these movies. Okay. <laughs> I well, don't know. I was, I, I mean. I think Stretch and Squish is, 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 well, that's hard to say. I think Stretch and Squish is, is I think that's valid. It's a little bit of a cop out yeah uh but I, I think it's valid i think you'll like it better than my other contender which was uh you know the the best friend consultants <laughs> like i actually not I like, white people <laughs> are the mvps yeah yeah <sighs> oh p- uh speaking of white people we had mentioned the pocahontas directors but the princess and the frog directors are musker and clements our, our our friends okay anyway we we just had not mentioned that before the princess and the frog directors are john musker and gregory clemens okay. one day wait what are their, what are their actual names uh it's john and ron john musker and ron, ron clemens. clemens anyway that's all cool 
great. You got a crossover idea? I absolutely do yes. not have a crossover oh, no. idea. No, I do. I do. Um, so here's my here's my crossover. Um, you take uh, uh, Nico, Nico, Miko. Tico, Miko. Your son Chico. <laughs> you that take was you. T- <laughs> it was. That was the first time you've laughed at that. This is the first time it's worked. It's fine. The you take Nico, and you take uh, Percy, mm-hmm. and you swap them with uh, Jim Cummings, uh-huh. the Firefly. Um, yeah. Just that you want to keep the alligator. Yeah, I like the alligator. Yeah. Uh, but you you get rid of the the Firefly. You put a funny dog and a funny raccoon. Great. I thought for sure that was going to be your scene shout out, FYI. Well, like, Savages since, is a good choice. Since we had already talked about it, yeah. I didn't want to go back to it. I do that a lot with my scene shout outs. Yeah. I wanted to challenge myself yeah. Fair. and not uh, not say, like, animation mm-hmm. is my scene shout out. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, just some of us think differently. Damn. Called out. It's All different right. from you, which I means guess... it can't be trusted. <laughs> <laughs> Sound the drums of war. <clears throat> Uh, half a lump, half a lump. <laughs> There's a lot of things that could fit in that song. Okay, do you, do you have a do you have a crossover? Which by by the way, yes. to be clear, I, I'm trying to improve. Uh, Princess and the Princess Frog. and the Frog, uh, and I'm sorry, yeah. Pocahontas. Um, I don't I don't necessarily need it for this movie because I feel like Princess and the Frog it needs. It needs a lot to be like quote unquote fixed for me as a, yeah. uh, from a story writing standpoint. Um, I'd like Alan Menken and Stephen Schwartz to sit down with Randy Newman and be like, "Here's some of our process." That's great because I think Randy Newman could be good at musical theater writing. Like, he obviously has a very distinct sound, mm-hmm. and he knows a lot about musical history and cultures, and I mean specifically New Orleans, but. Um, and I think he has some good melodies in him. Like, yeah. I, I, you know, we joke about Randy Newman writing the same song, but I do think his Toy Story songs are good. Um, and they're different. And like, I, so yeah, I want, I want a, a workshop where Randy Newman works with some, yeah, that's, specifically animated musical theater writers. That's actually and, a really great answer. Hmm. Yeah. I think he could do some cool stuff. Nice. Uh, but now, we're on to our final we sure are segment of final cuts uh dick pocahontas do you this is a segment you're thinking of right that's correct right. it's called do the you, final cut well this is the whole thing is it's called the, the final final cut. final cut i don't like saying that which is why i was gonna skip over it what's it what do we call this we call this what i'm about to say okay go for it dick Pocahontas, do you re-release, mm. special edition, mm-hmm. or vault it? This is tricky. Mm-hmm. I felt angry after watching Pocahontas um, because in the last like couple minutes, I'm like, like I, I, I enjoyed uh, Miko and Flit to an extent and Percy, and I, I had. I had some fun along the way. Uh, there was some great animation. There were some really good songs. There were some okay characters. Um, but in the end, those people are going to get slaughtered, if not by uh, John Smith's friends, 
than by the next boat of people that comes over. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, this is a movie about a man not wanting to commit, not wanting to commit genocide because he saw a sexy lady. This is, I mean, Avatar is the same way, mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, we should kill all these people. Wait, this one's sexy. All right. Because um, he would not have, like, he was ready to shoot Pocahontas. Yeah, he until didn't Until he saw her and he was like, hmm. All right. Like, that's, it's a uh, weird. Yeah, yes, and. I mean, I think, I think that's ultimately what it is. I think um, there are also levels of, um, like, exoticism and not necessarily in a just a sexual way, like, the way she is presented in the movie, like. But he's killed. I, he's killed Native Americans yeah, before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'm gonna. I'm gonna say if if I was a director of Pocahontas, I might. Uh, and I'm and I'm not. But I might challenge you and say, well, she represents like an understanding of nature, and he is taken aback by this because yeah. he has never considered it before. She's also a sexy lady. Yeah, and all of the other Native Americans represent like. If he ran into her dad, right. he would represent a better understanding of nature as well. Right. But he might not stop to not shoot him. Yeah. Yeah. So fair. So this this movie, like special edition concert version, mm. where it's just sung through, mm-hmm. and maybe we don't talk about. Uh, the end, and maybe we don't say the names John Smith or Pocahontas. Yeah. The only name that's in this mo- in the songs is Cocoum. Yeah. Who? And I don't think anyone uh, yeah, really think knows who Cocoum is. So. Yeah. I think we're fine. I think we do a concert version, because I, I legit felt uncomfortable at the end of this movie, where I'm just like, this wait, is not how it. This is out. not a happy. Like, yeah. I guess this is a happy ending, but we know what happens next. Yeah. Like you like like you said, or, or like you, you read, it's like ending the Titanic right before the iceberg. Yeah. It's like ending Jurassic Park when all the dinosaurs are safely in their cages. Right. Like, yeah, that's, that's, not not, that's, not the, that's not the story. That's not what happens. Yeah. Uh, as I was doing research for this, I was really excited because I started reading one article that was saying, well, this movie was going to kick off a Native American Films Week on a college campus, and it was going to be a screening and a debate. But Mm. the article was just a promotion for it, Mm. like from five years ago, so I didn't get to know how it turned out. Oh, that would be interesting. That's the special edition I want. And I know I use this fairly regularly on this show, that like, I want it in a museum. Uh, but I would be very interested in a panel of indigenous people after a screening. Um, and I think that's where it could be valuable. Um, so you leave the movie as an artifact of 1995. I think so. And that's, that's, I mean, I don't think we were. Because I think redoing it would just be a totally different thing. And I, and like, please let's get some like cocoa levels of care on, on indigenous stories. Like, I think maybe you had been saying, or maybe I had read, like, like take an indigenous myth and like, ter- yeah, there's so, like there's make so many a movie of out of that and, and, Poca- and have a co-director from the tribe. And, yeah, and Pocahontas they treated as like kind of a folklore. Or, uh, yeah, or a they myth. kind of 
rather than focusing on the real person. Yeah. And they could have just picked a myth. They could have just And that would have been awesome. Don't make him P.T. Barnum. The, the, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Make it circus story another is circus guy. Yeah. Uh, because I think, you know, doing this podcast and seeing a lot of movies that are very poorly constructed. Yeah. I think Pocahontas is a good movie. Yeah. It's a little boring. It's less boring than I think some people think it is. is that, I enjoy you, it a lot. You subtweeting me there? Maybe. Yeah. Uh, no, in general, this gets kind of the, like, this is the boring Disney movie. Yeah. I think it's more fun <laughs> than some people maybe remember or, anyway. It's a good movie. It's not good history. It's not good. It's not honest representation. Um, so that's a bummer. And I think that's kind of like, I, I really like boring movies. Mm-hmm. I, I love Star Trek, right? Like not the, the new movies as much, but like, you know, the old stuff. We watched an episode together that was people talking in a room about whether a robot was uh, sentient or not. I was not awake for all of that. <coughs> no, nor do I expect you to be. Um, but it's, it's a very slow, boring show. Maybe boring's not the right word, but it's boring. Uh, and I know that, and I like that. Mm-hmm. I don't want it to be exciting. That would that would bum me out because mm-hmm. it's not what I'm there for. And Pocahontas, I think, could do that, but like, if you're gonna do that, then you you've got to give us reality. Yeah. You can't give us whatever that was. Yeah. Oh. So special edition with some curation. Yeah. All right. Uh, so on that note, Princess and the Frog, the princess and the frog uh what do you do with what do you do with that one i i want to fix so much Mm -hmm. i think similar to pocahontas you might have to just start from scratch on this one like i think enough things don't fit together that you'd have to change something in every scene Mm -hmm. and at that point you know you got to kind of remake it i don't know i would like to see a better storyboarded, like a tighter storyboarded version of this. Oh. So I guess I want a time machine and I want a special edition of the writing process. I mean, it doesn't have to be a time machine, Kate. You're making a special edition. You can just change the writing. Okay. Yeah, but I feel like now there's so much attached. I don't know. I think I think there's a I think there's a great movie in here. Yeah. And I think this is a fine movie. Um so I want to see it be great. Because I think they're like Facilia is great. Yeah. I think Tiana is a great character. I don't think they let her do very much. I I want her to be a better character yeah. than she is. Yeah. 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 Um, I think she's played very well. Yes. Uh, I think she's sung very well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she doesn't have as much to do. Yeah. As I would like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really, none of the characters have not much that much to do. They're just along for the ride. Yeah. So I guess, I don't know if that's an answer. I don't think it is, but it's not Vault and it's not re-release. I'll so say it's, that. It's a special edition. Redo. It's a special edition where you Animated just, remake. Where you just redo it from scratch. Yeah. Okay. Animated remake. Yeah. Not a live action remake. Not a live action remake. Yeah, we don't need, we don't need that. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to take this a step further than what you said. Uh, this is definitely a special edition. It's definitely... A rewrite, but here's how we do that. We take the Firefly and we give him an animated short 
and he's not involved in this <laughs> movie out. anymore. He, I, if I could uh, watch Jim Cummings be a goofy firefly for ten minutes, yeah, great. I don't need it in the middle of this movie. I don't need the fireflies lighting the way. I do not need the song to the star. I do like him getting stepped on. Um, we take that out. We take the frog hunting scene out. Mm. That is a bonus feature on the DVD. Of it's a, a deleted scene where a, you nod and say, oh yeah, I see why that was deleted. It's, it's a deleted scene or it's like, oh, uh, Tiana and Naveen in frog hunting time or something, right? <laughs> um, and, and like maybe you really like Warner Brothers it up. Right, like you change up the animation and, and like really go for it, right? Um, so you get rid of that, and then you restructure the movie around what you have left. We can keep the alligator; he's fine. Um, like he's a he's a goofy character. You get one, great. We keep Tiana. You get one. You get one. You don't once you have uh, what's his name, Morph. You don't need Martin Short the robot <laughs> to go back to Treasure Planet. Like Treasure you, Planet, deep cut. You don't. We've got we've got yeah, this we've got this awesome jazz alligator. Cool. I don't need I don't need another thing. I've got that. So we keep the jazz alligator. We get rid of we get rid of the stuff we don't need. We restructure the movie around that. We make Mama Odie do something. Yeah. Or say something of note besides Hey, dig dig a little deeper. Dig a little dig, deeper. Dig. It's a great song. Doesn't yeah, say anything. Fun. Great song. Um, and and we just like we work with that, and we maybe have um a reason why Tiana, who has this money, can't get the restaurant she wants, mm-hmm. because all we hear is that someone else bid more, and we don't know who it is, and it has nothing to do with yeah. Anything. It it would be great if it was. Big Daddy, right? Big Daddy or Facilier, or fa- yeah, with or like s- some con money, yeah, or something, right? Um, I would like a reason why she can't just ask her rich friend who gets whatever she wants, right. for some money, because she could pay her back. That would still be honest, yeah. But just be like, or or even have her just be like, no, I can't, I can't take money from anyone. I've got to earn this, and like mm-hmm. she's proud. And that would fit into what the movie tells you is Tiana's flaw is that she has eschewed personal connection for work ethic, right? Yeah. But like, and for a goal that may not. And I, I think in the movie as it stands, yeah. there's zero evidence in the text, right? That she doesn't care about friends and family, like, yeah. or that she puts work over them. Like, she works long hours, but. But it's she's, not like she's, she's got this friend from childhood. But this would be a good way to, to do that. Like, no, I don't use social capital, yeah. right? And like part of what she learns could be like, you can ask for help. You can ask for help. Yeah. Um, or or like, um, or have the, the message be work towards your own dreams, not the dreams of like she's just working towards her dad's dream. It is, it is, it is hers, but yeah. she keeps saying like, this is my dad, this is my daddy's dream. He wanted to open this restaurant. Doing this one for like, Seuss. Yeah. She opens she opens this restaurant or she wants to open this restaurant in this giant location. Yeah. 
is a terrible idea. She should get a small place and then start from there. She should buy the restaurant she works at and then start from there. But she's trying to live out her dad's dream. Mm -hmm. That would be a really interesting lesson. Mm -hmm. Anyway, we can fix this, I believe. I believe we can fix it, yeah. It's just going to be... They, they just need to hire us so it can be our full-time job. Let me ask you this. Uh, I want to go back to the beginning of this. But one. also, we shouldn't be the ones to redo this. No. If we've, we've learned nothing. Um, you, you were talking about uh, Pocahontas following her heart. Mm-hmm. Would you also say that she's true to her heart? True to her heart. I, I don't even know what that song means. Uh, it's true to your heart. It, it, do her ancestors also dance to it in a gazebo? True to your heart. She listens with her heart. Yeah. Mm. I think that's a good wrapping up I think point. that wraps. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry. I'm lost. I'm a little... I'm a little sorry lost. for the ending of this, audience. Uh, but we appreciate you. We like you all. Uh, and we have done some suggestions from other folks. Yeah. Uh, our Winnie the Pooh episode was a suggestion. And Shark, Shark Tale, Tale was an episode, uh, was a suggestion. Uh, we would love to hear some suggestions from y'all. That's right. Reach us reach us on a number of platforms yes. twitter yep. cellmates podcast facebook cellmates podcast That's gmail cellmates podcast at gmail.com mm-hmm. and then our plain old website cellmates podcast.com that's right from and which you, you can wanna... reach all these other things that's right yep yep if you want to uh just submit a jira ticket uh we'll get right on that um if you want to hit us up on uh, memester we're on that uh, chat roulette. You can find us at cellmates. There, we're uh, going to get angry emails one day that like, <laughs> I tried to find you on all these places. <laughs> no, Twitter, Facebook, website, email. Boom. Uh, the things a podcast has. Yes. Uh, for cellmates podcast, I'm Dick Ward. I'm Kate Phillips. Woo. This is the best episode we've ever done. I think this is three hours long. All right. I know I said welcome to Cellmates last time because I said it weird. Yeah. Also, you put a lot on the after credits clip. Thank you. Welcome to Cellmates. Very funny. Wait, what was the after? Oh, was it you saying welcome to Cellmates? Yeah, but it was like also a minute before that too. Of what? I don't know. It was like two different things. It was probably hilarious. I think you might have edited it uh, mistakenly. I don't think that's the case. I I remember it being long. (laughs) Okay. Because it was hilarious. Great. We might have been talking about Ninja Turtles. I don't know. That's true. We were talking about Ninja Turtles. Everyone's talking about Ninja Turtles. Oh my God. Welcome to Ninja Turtle, mates. The Ninja Turtle podcast for Ninja Turtle heads. Pizza. <laughs>